0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from Mesmerize, back with me is Jake Resnick. What's happening,
1: my man? Not much, good to be back with you. I'm, I'm starting to, to feel the hot stove heat, so I'm uh, happy to be back chatting with you about everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, I was just talking with someone earlier today and just couldn't stop gushing. It's, uh, it's such a strange feeling that, you know, the Mets are kind of in the mix on everything. It's not just, you know, we're not having smoke blown up our ass. It's real. It's like it, we don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with the information yet. It's, it's, all, very, uh, it's all very new and tough to process. But, uh, yeah, it seems like we're getting, like, new
1: news every day. I think the funny thing is also we had such a long offseason in the previous cycle, which it lasted from – you know, November through technically through, um, you know, the end of July. And then we had a short little burst of of baseball. And now, uh, we're, we're back in that no baseball mode. So it's, uh, certainly been a weird, you know, past 12 months. And, um, I think we're ready to kind of push through these months and, and get back into spring training, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll go by quick.
0: Oh, I think the fan base is just about ready to explode. This is awesome, man. I mean, um, you know, we'll get to the players and stuff in a little bit. But even on, like, the front office side of things, um, we got some news on late Tuesday afternoon. The Mets have requested permission to speak with the Indians' uh, Mark Chernoff, uh, one of Sandy's old uh, cohorts in Oakland. And once again, the name is escaping me. Oh, uh, David Forrest. Sorry. Uh, Earlier on Tuesday, we got news that Theo Epstein was resigning in Chicago. Uh, We got to enjoy that for all of like five minutes before the report came out that he is not choosing uh, or or is is leaning towards taking the year off. Jacob, we have a lot to digest on just the front office side. Um, Turnoff and uh, forced do you feel that I mean, personally, I think these guys might be a step in the right direction. I'm actually leaning towards force considering uh, Sandy knows what he's, what he would be bringing in. What What are your takes on the, on? I guess Mike Hill, if you throw his name in the, in the mix too on the, on the more realistic options for uh president of baseball operations, most likely.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, when, when we think about, uh, you know, signing free agent players or, or, or trading trading for players and, and the rumors flow, you know, we go straight to to baseball reference and fan graphs and we start looking at all the numbers, all the data. Um, but when these names for for you know baseball operations positions or or a coaching position, when they start getting thrown around, it's kinda like, uh, you know, what what do we what what do we think of this guy? What, what's uh what's the, the take here? Um, and the thing is, you know, we, as outsiders, um, we really don't know. Uh, so I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, 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 not a worthless exercise, but, uh, to kind of pick apart, you know, who's going to be, uh, you know, the right guy for, for the baseball operations, president of baseball operations position is it's tough to say because all of these guys yeah you know especially the ones you just mentioned um are kind of all from the same mold all three of them forced uh churnoff uh and hill are all ivy league guys um hill actually had some uh playing professional playing experience but you know Forrest and and turnoff went the very you know not not uh not traditional the the more the more recent route of of baseball operations executives of Uh, you know interning and making their their way up the the totem pole uh, and and eventually leading a an organization's department so Chernoff and Forrest are, are kind of similar in that in that regard and and honestly at the end of the day I really don't think you could go wrong saying that you prefer either one I mean obviously like you said Sandy Alderson knows knows what he's dealing with 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 Forrest having having worked with him and um, it seems like he's kind of had his, his hands in, in all aspects of, of baseball operations and, uh, Chernoff as well. And Chernoff, obviously having the, the, uh, the, the, interesting connection with his father being the, uh, the head of intercom, which, which runs WFAN. Um, and then Michael Hill is, is, you know, he's been around with the Marlins for, for, uh, quite some time. And we've, uh, known him from, from being in the NL East. So, um, Listen, none of these guys are are, are carrying the appeal of a Theo Epstein. Which, obviously, when it was announced that Epstein was was stepping down from his position with the Cubs, it was uh, immediately all of the the tweets were uh, you know tweeting at Steve Cohen to to bring him in. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to see where they go. I don't know if any of these guys really fit the the mold of of where, you know, the future of, uh, this position is going, you know, all of these, these guys are, are good with, uh, good with the numbers, good with, you know, baseball feel, but, uh, not sure if any of them are, you know, have that innate ability to kind of transcend any, uh, you know, scouting verse stats, uh, stereotypes and, and anything like that so um like i said it, it's it's a it's a tough exercise to kind of pick and choose what you like about each of these guys um since we don't really know how they operate in the office on a on a day-to-day basis but uh, there are certainly certainly positives to, to each of them and, and you could certainly highlight uh you know a plenty of stuff that, that you like from them
0: oh definitely and i think that um I think just got to lay our trust in Sandy Alderson to kind of do his job. And I guess um, that's what makes it at least, you know, at least to me, uh, probably more in a GM type role. I'm not sure if he's in the running for uh, president of baseball operations, but Billy Owens, um, Spence, he's probably been in Oakland for 20 years. Um, you know, and all, like you were saying, all we, we can really go on is, uh, is, I guess, you know, industry word and, um, you know, respect amongst the game uh, Billy Owens is known to be just an elite talent evaluator. Um, you know, one has to assume he embraces the analytic side of things. Coming, you know, sticking around in Oakland for so long, he's worn a variety of hats. I, I want to say we talked about this last last time on the show, but um, you know, doing a little digging, I'm really impressed with him. I'd love to have him in the fold, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, what what do we know? Um, we can do our homework, but that's about it. And uh, yeah, um, you know, Theo would be just an ideal fit in my eyes. But, you know, you got to respect the guy wanting to take some time off. And uh, yeah, you you know, we keep on seeing the phrase money talks being thrown around Twitter pretty much all afternoon when it comes to uh, Epstein and Cohen. And, um, you know, if, if the Mets want him, I'm sure the Mets can get him. And that's, again... It's like another language coming off of my tongue saying that, but uh, yeah, that's the kind of position the Mets are in this winter and it's, uh, it's exciting. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, (laughs) Just touching on Theo Epstein, um, he jumped out and we just heard reports, I guess, Sunday from Buster Olney at ESPN, Uh, the Cubs are looking towards significant roster changes um, you have to wonder whether their guys are going to be up on the market soon. You have to assume that your guys that are approaching a free agency, your Bryant and your Baez's, and you know even down the line Schwarber uh, or even a Hugh Darvish, if they don't want to pay him fifty nine million over the next three years, uh, it just kind of kind of adds to the mix. Non tenders are going to be hitting the market soon. It's uh, it's 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 going to be I think it's going to be shocking some of the non tenders that we see. But, boy, this market is going to be flooded with talent, and uh, I think it's just the start. Real quick, Jacob, if a Chris Bryant or a Javi Baez, you know what? Let's, let's split this up.
1: Javi Baez,
0: let's say if Lindor, if the price becomes too high, or let's say the Indians just say, hey, no, you know what? We've gotten a better deal. Um, do you pivot to a Javi Baez? Do you think he's that same caliber player?
1: Oh man, I mean he's so much fun to watch. Um he certainly has his uh has had his his peaks and valleys in his career and I think the the, the bust potential, the, you know, the boom potential is certainly there and the bust potential is is probably even even greater. I don't I don't think I would uh put together a a package for him that would, you know, include multiple you know, future pieces, um, whether major league or, or minor league. I mean, um, uh, I mean, by, is coming off a, a season where he put up a sub 600 OPS? I mean, it was, it was a rough go for him. Um, and he's obviously, uh, prone to the prone to the strikeout. Um, defense is great, but, uh, the bad is just, uh, kind of, uh, too up and down for my liking. But, um, like you said, it, the Cubs, it, definitely a situation to watch Wilson Contreras could be a a uh, a guy they look to move uh, and if the Mets are are really searching for a catcher and, and miss out on Real Muto or they decide to go in a different direction uh perhaps they they look at Contreras who has also had his fair share of struggles but um as far as uh, the league's above average catchers he's certainly one of them um but yeah I mean it, it's you know, think about the Cubs fans, man. 2016 was such a high for them, and it's been uh, a few disappointing seasons in a row. And it feels like they were kind of uh, not pushing Epstein out, but it was it was his time uh, that had kind of run its course. Um, and obviously, we saw Joe Madden leave the year before, and and now Epstein. So uh, just will be interesting to to keep tabs on on what direction they they go in. Yeah, I can't imagine Epstein wanting
0: anything to do with the rebuild, uh, not at this point in his career. Imagine being David Russ. You're coming into a team that, you know, just a couple of years off a World Series win, and uh, by the time they take the field next, he might have a, a, a completely different roster. Um, but, yeah, oh, the fans. And, you know, look at a guy like Chris Bryant. Like, the Mets have a hole at third base unless, you know, it's kind of in a revolving door, and you know whoever can jump in there. But you know, if a guy like Chris Bryant is available, I know he's coming off a very, very down year. He dealt with some injuries, but uh, boy, that's my third baseman moving forward—at least until Brett Beatty's ready. But
1: uh, you know, yeah. that's and, a, um, and they also are. I don't know if they're actually looking at it, but it's certainly been rumored. Do the Cubs even non-tender him? Are they not even going to pay him the projected $18 million, uh for next year? So if if Chris Bryant uh, becomes available uh, and can be had at a, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's in the same situation as Lindor being one year away from free agency. Um, if he can be uh, had, I would certainly uh I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know what saying "go all in" on Chris <laughs> Bryant means in terms of the, the trade package, but uh, I wouldn't leave uh, many stones unturned.
0: No, no, no turn on stones, my friend. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> all right, down the down the line we go. Um, so, like we were saying, you have the market that's going to be most likely flooded with, with, with talent, high end talent, middle end talent. Most of you had read on, uh, on Monday on that's or on Twitter, uh, the Mets have been in touch with a number of second tier free agent pitchers over the last, let's say a few days over the last week or so, uh, Charlie Morton, Corey Kluber, and Mike minor. These guys are, you know, most likely pegged for the back end of the rotation. If they come in or competing for the back end of the rotation, uh, You know, the Mets have internal options. We're going to get to that a little later because one of our our terrific questions on Twitter involves uh, one of our incumbents. So we'll move on to that later. But, um, you know, you have a Charlie Morton who's been a quintessential back-end guy, a Corey Kluber who, you know, broke his forearm and then tore his shoulder in consecutive years. Uh, But for seven years before that, he was one of the best in the league. So, you know, again, these are guys that are at different levels you're going to make different types of investments, but you know, I think a Charlie Morton seems to be an ideal fit. Um, the Mets have been linked to Jake Cotorizzi, and that seems like, a, a you know, just a, a prime candidate to, to really shore up the middle of the rotation. Uh, I, I'm certainly intrigued by Tanaka coming across town. I think that would be a terrific four, um, number four, I should say, uh, you know, if the money's right, of course, um, but yeah, that's, um, you know, the Mets have options. Who, who, who do you like? I mean, do you still think that Bauer is a realistic option? I mean, there's been, been a lot of lovey-dovey stuff going back and forth between Bauer's camp and the Mets' camp in, in recent days. Um, but do you see value in those second-tier guys? I mean, if you had to pick one to kind of plug in behind to Stroman, and hopefully Syndergaard a little bit later in the year, uh, do you have a... a a top pick or or, or, or a a guy that you're leaning towards.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the, the lovey dovey back and forth between Bauer and the Mets. That's been a quite a peculiar development from starting with Sandy Alderson talking about him, naming him explicitly, uh, or, or he was asked about him and gave a, a specific answer, uh, which is not something Sandy Alderson ever did in his first tour of duty with the Mets. He was always very, uh, you know, uh, danced around questions that he didn't have to answer uh, when it came to specific players. And then, you know, Bauer made an entire video on his YouTube channel uh, talking about how much he loved the Steve Cohen uh, introductory press conference. So um, certainly seems like there's smoke around the the Bauer to the Mets situation. Um, I mean, I'm sure he would like to play in New York. He he seems to uh, obviously be... uh, Pretty much obsessed with the spotlight, which it's not a bad thing. Uh, but he likes he likes the attention on him, and uh, there would be no no city uh, where he would get more of it than than in New York. Um, but you know, the way I look at it, the Mets need uh, two two more uh, you know major league quality, above average starters to put them in the conversation for best rotation in the league. Uh, you know, you're coming into next year with DeGrom and Strowman. Okay. You know what you're going to get from those guys. Um, Syndergaard, you know, perhaps he's ready late May, early June, but knowing how pitchers recover from from Tommy John surgery and how Mets pitchers have recovered from Tommy John surgery in the past, um, I wouldn't count on having him before the All Star break. Um, so you got to fill his spot. Um, and then if you're, you're, Giving one spot to David Peterson, which I think you should. He, he was very good in his, in his rookie season. Uh, that leaves one more opening, so you definitely need two guys. Um, the name that you mentioned, which I, I don't think enough people are talking about, is uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, not sure if he would be uh, eager to to come across town, but he's just been uh, the epitome of of solid um, his entire career. Um, certainly wouldn't mind him as a uh, best case for. Uh, worst case number three in the rotation. Uh, But I mean, you know, any of the names you mentioned, and and I think the the interesting thing is, is where these rumors end up going. Um, You know, I I don't know how much, uh, how much, you know, push there is in in the direction of, of these rumors. Uh, Just given that there's no one really running the uh, day-to-day baseball operations right now. Um, Hopefully that, that changes sooner rather than later, but, uh, I can't imagine that Cohen and Alderson would have a direction that they're already in the process of going without, you know, literally the guy who's going to be running uh, as running the position. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a, a preference for, for, you know, one or two guys uh, outside of, you know, the guys you mentioned Tanaka, Morton, uh, Kluber, I think could be had on a relatively cheap one-year deal, um, and certainly more intriguing than a, than a Porcello or a Waka. Um, but yeah, I, I think they certainly have an, an opportunity to pick up a couple stars. Maybe they go the trade direction, like you mentioned earlier with, you know, you Darvish or, a uh, Carlos Carrasco, uh, perhaps that, that's a, a package they get from, from the Indians with Lindor and Carrasco. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what, what direction the new, uh, President uh, wants to go in.
0: If we're if we're picking off players from Cleveland in a Lindor deal, I want I want either of their catchers as our backup. I want Hedges or I want Roberto Hernandez, and uh, yeah, I I think that they're, they're both defensive masterminds back there. They're both um, even in a backup role would make the Mets pitching staff that much better. Uh, yeah, I like that. But anyway, so um, yeah, I, I agree they. they You know, they're certainly not uh, on autopilot. You have to assume that Sandy and I believe John Rico is still, Um, you know, these guys, you know, they're they're kind of going about their business. Um, Again, you know, we've had confirmed uh, action, at least, uh, you know, initial contact with agents and such that we've heard about the reports. So um, something's going on back there. But. They have you know some big organizational decisions coming up in the next few weeks uh you know it's it's non tender season as we we all know um, the rule five draft is uh, or at least the rule try rule five designations have to be in somewhat soon if not already right
1: yeah this friday is the deadline to uh to protect guys uh
0: I know we touched on this briefly during the year but um you got a quick refresher on who's who's on the block or who could be on the block?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I had an article up this week for, uh, for Mets kind of breaking down the situation and um, either fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you want to look at it um, really not uh, predicting any, any ads for the Mets. Um, You know, it's kind of quiet in terms of top prospects. If you look at um, for example, on, on MLB pipeline, their top 13 prospects, 11 of the 13 are too young to be eligible for uh, for the Rule Five draft. The other two are already on the 40 man roster in uh, Thomas Zupky and, and Franklin Kilome. So uh, most of the the exciting talent in the organization, you know, the guys who are uh, no doubt 100 protection, uh, th- those guys are, are not quite there. Uh, we'll start to see it next year. I believe next year is Ronnie Mauricio's year. Um, after the uh, the 2021 season, we'll we'll see him on the 40 men roster. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the top names are guys who are interesting but not not really at the level where you'd either think they're at a risk of being taken or even if they are taken, you wouldn't really miss them that much. Guys like, uh, you know, Tony DeBrell or uh, uh, Michelle Otanias, Dyson Acosta, just some interesting pitchers that just kind of haven't really taken the um, – or, or haven't had their true breakouts yet. Um, so yeah, all in all, it'll be quiet. Unless, and you know, there's probably a zero zero point zero zero one, or however many zeros before the one percent chance of uh, Tim Tebow getting <laughs> added to the the forty man roster. But he's eligible this year. And uh, if I, I'd say if the Wolfpuns and, and Brody were still running the show, uh, might be a different conversation. But uh, not not with Stevie's nuts. Oh,
0: you know it would happen. You know that he'd be getting added to the roster and they'd, they'd see stuff. They'd see these, you know, convoluted dollar signs in their eyes. Oh,
1: ah. Yeah. So happy that those days are over. And when you have <laughs> when you have the opportunity to uh, sell out season tickets at Clover Park in Port St. Lucie, you just you got to do it.
0: You got to do it, right? Uh, you know, you throw, you know, organizational development right out the window. Who cares? Uh, we we could have a whole other episode on this, but it's it's a new page. We've turned the page, pal. It's a brand new day. Um, I'm gonna jump. We have some cool some cool questions on Twitter. Of course, everybody follow Simply Amazing Pod uh, at Simply Amazing Pod on Twitter. Uh, you're pretty much just gonna see pod posts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of starting to actually interact on it more. It's not just gonna be a you know an outlet for the uh, for the pod, but uh We'll see. But yeah, follow there. But um, we're going to start off because we were just talking about him. Uh, Patrick Bowe, Juan McGarris fan on Twitter, at uh, Patrick Bowe. Um, when will Thomas DePocky be ready and will he be healthy? Uh, I know just I saw him briefly at fan Fest last year, um, spoke to him maybe for five minutes. He was healthy. He was raring to go. Of course, with everything happening this year and everybody getting slowed down, You have to assume he's throwing, but last I heard, he was healthy. Uh, Jacob, you're targeting, you think, maybe mid to late season on Sapuki,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to put an exact time on it because you never know, especially with starting pitchers, when uh, there will be an opportunity for for them to make the the jump to the majors. But um, I certainly don't have any doubts that he's healthy. Um, He's coming up. over it, well over a year uh, since he's last had any ailments. I mean, obviously he missed 2018 with the, the Tommy John surgery, and then kind of had some recurring, uh, you know, shoulder impingements uh, during the 2019 season. Did make uh, 18 starts, 21 appearances, uh, including one for for Binghamton at the end of the season. So, um, you know, he, he's kind of behind in development because he missed that year uh, two years ago, and he. Took the the time at the alternate site this year to kind of get back into the flow of, of pitching during the summer. Um, obviously, not the same as as pitching in uh, in a, in a, in a game situation. Um, but I guess you could say that that being at the alternate site this year was replacing his his what would have been his tour at Binghamton, his full season at Binghamton. Uh, I'm sure he he didn't pitch close to as much as he would have if he was actually. Pitching during a the regular season, but I would expect him to be at AAA to start the year next year, and then you know you never know. He's he's kind of always been the guy that's uh, interesting as a left-handed relief option if you just kind of let him let him loose and uh, see if you could air it out from back there. But I'm pretty sure they're going to still develop him as a starter. Uh, He'll be 24 on Opening Day next year, Uh, and yeah, I mean he's he's quite a few years removed from being uh, you know a top five prospect in the system. Uh, but he's still still interesting, and uh we'll see where uh see where he ends up next year. yeah, no,
0: I mean just you know just on paper uh he certainly has the, the makeup to do it he has the the arsenal um to really be a difference maker i believe it's his his change up right his change up's a real um a real son of a bitch, as they say
1: <laughs> yeah you, you know was at least when I saw him, I haven't seen him in person since. Uh, 2016, when he was in Brooklyn, but he was throwing mid 90s, good changeup, good, good curveball, big loopy curveball. Uh, and he was, he was well ahead of the competition, uh, in Brooklyn. And he had, he had just come up from Kingsport, where he just absolutely, uh, destroyed, uh, opposing hitters. He struck out 47 batters in 29 innings with a Oh, six, two ERA in five starts for Kingsport. So, um, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he, he was on the up and up and he was 20 years old then. Um, And unfortunately, the the surgery kind of derailed some things, but um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see kind of where, where his development goes this, this upcoming season. Yeah. All
0: right. We're going to jump over to Brad Bedini. Uh, Brad is a, is a constant listener, constant supporter on Twitter. I appreciate it. Uh, Brad's got a decent question. Uh, We were talking about the front office a little bit earlier. Uh, Do you think Sandy names both the president of baseball operations and the GM, or do you think he'll hire the president of baseball operations and, uh, and let that hire, hire his or her own GM? Ooh, you want to take this one?
1: Approval of course. Yeah. You want
0: to take this one? Um, I, I, you know, with the whole kind of like segmented front office now, and everyone's got their own responsibilities, it just, it, and, and Steve Cohen's letting Sandy do his thing. I, I kind of see that pattern taking course. I kind of see Sandy, sure, they, you know, you're my president of baseball operations. Go out and hire yourself the GM. Sandy's an old school guy. I don't think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to kind of spread the wealth. Like, guys, like this, you know, I know that that's what I would do. I, I can't speak for Sandy, but I, I, that's what I would do. Like, you know. How else are you going to build and gain trust within the organization if you don't let these guys go out and kind of do their own thing? And if you're going to have this whole, uh, you know, very compartmentalized front office, um, yeah. Why, why cast the shadow? I think, um, yeah, you know, whoever the president of baseball operations is go out and, uh, you know, make your hire. Of course, you know, everyone has to give the okay and the green light, but, um, yeah, that's, 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 part of the fun of uh of going out and giving someone the responsibility go out and make us track guys you know go out and do your thing
1: <laughs> yeah i mean um, listen oh i just, oh, wanna, go ahead. just was gonna say real quick that i and i feel like i've said it before and i i think bringing sandy back into the into the fold got everyone really excited yes it's someone who we're familiar with we know um what he did when he was the gm and kind of expected him to kind of take that role up again uh, when he was brought back in. Uh, that's just really not the indication that I've gotten from talking to people, from listening to, to uh, Sandy talk himself at, at his first press conference. Um, so I'm honestly expecting him to be as, as hands-off as possible. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, because he's obviously, his, his title is not an advisor, but it, it does feel like he'll be uh, kind of in an advisory role. And, you know, he said it himself at the, the press conference. Um, you know, he'll have a seat at the table, but not at the head of the table. Uh, even though everyone is technically reporting to him, I think it'll uh, kind of be a uh, a system that revolves around whoever the, the, the president of baseball operations is. Um, so I definitely expect that person to have uh, a strong, strong influence on, on who the, the GM is eventually.
0: We got the teamwork to make the dream work, man. Like, I, I'm. Uh, this is just such everything. Everything about this whole situation is just so refreshing. Everything from from Cohen to Sandy to you know to minor leaguers getting baseballs. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> our, our buddy Mike Mayer from Exmarized tweeted out on Monday night. Uh, a couple of the minor leaguers he's been speaking with have already received two boxes of baseballs from the New York Mets. Uh, which is something that we hear that the last regime did not do, but that's it's kind of commonplace for you know the parent club to send their you know their prospects and their and their minor leaguers uh, a box of balls. I personally never heard of it before, but this is a thing. Uh, the Mets hadn't been doing it, and Mets minor leaguers already got their balls. So I mean, this is uh you know on every single level, just just so exciting. Um, Jack Hendon, our our colleague our friend jack hendon jack. Family. oh my god and you guys were great actually on the last episode with them i'm gonna get back to plug them right now the pleasant good evening podcast this is the flagship podcast at mesmerized of course everybody follow them on twitter uh subscribe i know they um spotify i believe is their main outlet for the pod check them out on spotify subscribe all that um i was on with them a couple of weeks ago you guys should definitely listen to that too but uh but Jack has a great question which um strikes strikes a chord with me because I'm a very big proponent of this guy. Jack F, can the Mets count on Stephen Matz as their number five starter, or is it time to non tender and look elsewhere? Uh I might be a little long winded, Jacob. Why don't you go ahead and put your uh put your side on the table? <laughs>
1: yeah, well I, I know exactly where you're gonna go with your, your stance, so I will uh uh Get the, get the negatives out of the way. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I like Steven Matz um, as, a, as a local guy, as a guy who has been with the team for for uh, quite a while, uh, has certainly had his moments um, and was in the rotation in that the, the run to the, the World Series in 2015. Um, it's just we're, we're heading into 2021 now. Uh, and this is a guy that just has not been able to put it together and be uh, a consistent, uh, you know, solid starting pitcher uh, in the major leagues. He hasn't had a, hasn't had an above average ERA since 2016, which was his first full season in the major leagues. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that they should cut bait solely because of the 2020 season uh, at all. Um, you know, that, it's just a you know he made six appearances came out of the bullpen a little bit um it, that's a that's a rough month and a half um you know during a regular season and guys guys go through that um it, it's just going into his final year of arbitration um i think uh what is MLB trade rumors had him projected at over 5 million and and listen maybe i'm i in the pre Cohen uh mindset of, of five point three million being a, a lot uh for a guy who uh shouldn't be a guaranteed member of the twenty twenty one rotation, uh especially going into spring training. Um so technically they could afford to to tender him and, and offer him that much in arbitration um and uh you know cut him during spring training if he doesn't work out and, and not not feel the, uh, the impact on the, on the pockets, but uh, I, yeah, I just don't really see any scenario uh, where he's uh, with the, the role that I'm projecting him to be in, in 2021 uh, being worth the 5 million. Now, if they non tender him, they could certainly try to bring him back on a, on a cheaper deal on a minor league deal. Even if he can't find any other major league offers, I'm, I'm sure he would be able to find a major league offer somewhere else. And if he does end up, uh, going to another team, uh, it's, it's not really the, the end of the world for the Mets. Um, but, you know, you, you look at the, the lack of depth right now. Sure. You can argue that, um, just don't really think they should be guaranteeing, um, a, uh, a starting role, uh, for him going into to next season. So I would, I would just, you know, cut your losses and, and move on. Um, you'd, you'd only have, um, one more year with him anyway. So, uh, but I know you're, you're here to, uh, give me the, uh, the opposite point of view. So I'd be more than happy to, to hear what you're thinking. Well, it's, it's funny.
0: Um, I, I'm 5.3 or, or let's say 5 billion just for, for brevity's sake. Um, that, that's a hefty price tag. I mean, uh, you hit it on the nose. He did not, and it was only six starts. Um, just did not look good last year. Did not look like a major league pitcher. Um, I, I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that he's out working with DeVolter again this off season. I think that uh he's he's done some of his best work as a professional under the watchful eye of uh of the longtime Mets um I guess pitching advisor, I guess you can call him. But uh he was pitching coach at the time too. But uh, you know, He's not far removed from a very strong 2019 second half. I mean, he was a top, five, top 15 pitcher in Major League Baseball for that second half, um, going by, I think, wins above replacement. He was, you know, he, he, he finally showed who he could be, and then he took just this tremendous step back last season. And I don't even know if, you know, you would hope that working with Regan and, you know, would at least get him on track. I'd, I'd really like to say, yeah, bring him in. Let him compete for that fifth spot and, uh, and take it from there. But, you know, by, like you said, a guaranteed $5 million for a guy who's not guaranteed to give you $5 million in value is it's not a great business decision. Um, you know, hopefully the Mets front office is getting reports back from, uh, from Regan, from whoever, from Matt, maybe Matt himself, you know, Hope, I hope that they have eyes on some of their players over the uh, over this off season, um, or at least are in contact. Because you know Jeremy Heffner never really got a a full off season to work with his work with his guys. And you're already hearing, you know, I, I I can distinctly think of a few instances where fans are already calling for Hefner to be fired. And like, what? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like this is a guy who's uh who who came so highly regarded, who embraces um the analytics that are gonna allow these guys to take their next steps in their development no matter where they are in their process. Uh yeah, there's no way that you cut bait on that now. But just you know, with a guy like Max, um it's so tough. You know, he's if you can if you can non tender him and get an agreement for him to come back at less at less money, um great. But yeah, that, 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 that paycheck, the, uh, that salary is a bit, you know, it's, it's a tough hump to get over. It really is because he's, you know, it's a crapshoot whether he's going to bring that to the table. You can hear it in my voice. It pains me to come to this conclusion. <laughs> I, was, I was coming into this like, oh, no, let him compete for the fifth spot. But that is a, uh, you know, it's not a ridiculously high number. But when you think about what he brought to the table last year, it just, it, it leaves me so hesitant and I thank goodness, I just thank goodness it's not my decision, but uh, so hesitant to commit. Um, you know, that's, you know, money that can be spelt, that can be spent in a number of different ways this offseason. It's a, uh, it's a tough call. I do hope he's in the fold. I do hope that, uh, you know, he showed the Mets something just as a fan. But uh, yeah, I think we might have to be prepared that Stephen Nass might've throwing his last pitch wow jacob it didn't take you it didn't take that much for you to convince me that uh <laughs> it really i I'm, I'm i'm personally i'm shocked at myself for for you know kind of laying down that fast but you know it's really it's tough to justify it really is
1: yeah it's um for sure like i said he's he's been uh around for a while it was the same thing when they when they uh, parted ways with with Wilmer Flores at the tender deadline uh, a couple of years ago, it's like, oh, this this guy. They had to make the business decision to to part ways with the uh, this guy who, who's just been around for a while. Um, so it certainly is an interesting decision. Um, and, and I know we'll probably get into this and in, uh, in a future episode coming up because the the deadline isn't until uh, December second. But Robert Czelman is likely another guy who's who's uh, looking at a non tender um, and perhaps some of the other. Uh, periphery guys like uh, Guillermo Haredia, uh, Nick Tropiano, um, some other arbitration el- el- arbitration eligible guys um, who uh, perhaps don't have a, a future with the uh, with the team. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with those guys. Damn you, Jack Hendon, for making me come to some very tough truths
0: internally tonight. Goddamn you, Jack. i was not expecting that but yeah um i kind of like tropiano and i and i say that probably because he's from west islip which is like (laughs) 10 minutes from where i grew up um but i kind of like you know he came highly regarded through through the minors and um made a splash with it wasn't with the yankees first it was with anaheim first oh i wish i could remember
1: he came around a bit he came up with houston he was with uh, the Angels for uh, quite some time and then uh, moved to the bullpen with the Pirates this past year and was solid, but it was over 15 and two-thirds in it.
0: So he never even, he never even played with the Yankees, but he did. He was with the organization briefly. I remember seeing that.
1: Yeah, he uh, actually was with the – he signed with them at the beginning of this year. Um, oh, okay. was at the alternate site uh, until August and then the Pirates – Pirates picked him up off waivers, uh, the Mets got him in October. So yeah, he, I mean, he's certainly has interesting potential. I think the only, the only, uh, weird thing is that he was claimed off waivers by the, uh, previous baseball operations regime, um, right as they were heading out. So, um, if, if the new, the new, uh, you know, GM and and president, uh, doesn't, doesn't see a, a fit for him, um, he'll probably be, uh, be quick to go
0: yeah yeah i hope that um i guess that's one thing that the last regime kind of left the Mets with were, were some very very high-end prospects i guess you know they traded away their fair share of them as well but like the guys that they drafted in the past couple of years and again you know that really go, comes down to the scouting department um hey mark i know mark listens but uh <laughs> uh you know <laughs> there's a foundation here and you were, I, 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 you know, you hate to see um, new front officers come in and kind of dismantle some of the previous regime's moves, which we saw Brody do. And um, which was probably (laughs) what Wilpon was doing. Jeff Wilpon kind of directed it. But anyway, uh, yeah, just, you know, I I, I couldn't foresee that coming because, you know, they have some real, you know, foundational pillars um, bubbling up right now. And and Jacob, have you heard anything about the Miami season besides uh, all the new realignment ideas and all the new affiliations? um, Has the season been confirmed yet or no?
1: Uh, As of now, no. Um, And I think that has to do with still figuring out what the what the leagues are and and what they're going to look like and who's playing where and who's who's playing against who. Um, Yeah. On top of figuring out the. The situation with the pandemic so um no no official word on that yet um but fingers crossed
0: oh sure and those are, you know some big hurdles to clear so uh take your time they have a whole winter to kind of figure it out get your logistics straight and safety first but uh jake got anything else cooking on metzmerize this week everyone check out jake's rule five article i forgot to say that earlier but uh you got anything else coming out
1: uh nothing on the docket right now. Um I'm trying to think. Um yeah, uh you know, school's heating up, getting to the the final few weeks of the semester, so I've got my focus over there. Uh and then hopefully once uh once the the transactions start coming in, we'll have uh a lot more to to cover because I I you know, ru- rumors are great, but uh I'm tired of seeing the uh <laughs> the the reports uh cycling through the uh the headlines without any concrete information so um, you know like i said i can start to feel the heat of the uh of the hot stove so hopefully it's uh getting turned up as we as we go along oh yeah it's still agent posturing season
0: so uh we're gonna i, th- I think we're gonna still get still get some uh some blowing of smoke here and there but uh yeah you, you sense that something, something's going to happen soon and it's kind of all the dominoes will fall after that. But, uh, yeah, I think you, you kind of got me thinking about Masahiro Tanaka. So, uh, everybody keep an eye out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about Tanaka. What's today? Tuesday? Uh, not getting to it tonight, but later in the week. Going to talk about Tanaka. And uh, I think we're making a case for our number four starter. I think that uh, number, number three until Noah comes back. All right. You guys know where to find us. Simply amazing. Any way you listen to podcasts, check out Jacob on Twitter. Check out myself and mesmerized and simply amazing pod on Twitter. Check out pleasant good evening pod on Twitter. Those guys are amazing. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Let's go, next.